<laughs> you may as well just bring that over. Ah, oh, just two tissues. I hope. <laughs> Ever the optimist. Yeah. Alright, so here we are, the new guest, <laughs> Chloe. Alright, so tell me, what was I playing yesterday? What, what was driving me, your your father, to madness yesterday? What was it? Um, um, Dad, I was playing a game, and it was like a game, but Daddy, Daddy was really angry because he was doing it, but it was such a bummer, and, um, and there was weirdness in it too. What was it about? What was the game? Describe the game to me. What happened in it? Kissing brains. And? That's it? Just kissing brains? No. And saving the turtle or something. There was like a turtle in the thing, in Uh the game. And there was a meat meat place and it was like a little bit weird. And there was like a boy and a bunny and and that I was kicking the really um, big monster's butt. and, And he was trying to save the kid and stuff. I remember that part. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. Did you like the game or not? It was a little bit of a bummer. It was a little bit of a bummer? Yes. Why? Because I was going to throw my computer out the window? Yes. (laughs) What was I I saying when I was doing that game? What was I doing? You were banging the... What? The table? Yes. And? And you were so angry, so I... I thought your pop, your head is gonna pop out. <laughs> what noises was what noise was I making? Do do an impression of me. What noise was I doing? What was I doing? Like, well, how did I sound? Like a monster. <laughs> All right, go and do your homework. <laughs> Hello and welcome to filling in the gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Dan. And today we're going to be discussing a game that is probably not really a puzzle game. We're kind of just wanting to talk about it because we love it. It is yet another Double Fine creation. This is Psychonauts. Depending on your version, you might have the 2005 version, or you might have the 2011 version, which is the one that we both played, I believe. Which you said is actually easier than the 2005, and I find that hard to believe, but... Yeah, I can't really get into that too much until the spoilers section, but essentially the end levels are much, much harder. Apparently... Rather than just restarting at a checkpoint, you would lose lives, and yeah, so Come back to the start of it all again. Eey. So that that made it well. Actually, I guess I can't talk about it. <laughs> it made it much more difficult. Talk about what is Psychonauts? It's not really a puzzle game. It's not. I there are a couple things that you could vaguely say are. There are a couple that are literal puzzles, but there's it's mostly platforming. Yeah, action. You get different powers. I mean, the most puzzle thing that there is is figuring out when to use the powers and how. Yeah. And that's kind of about it. We really just want to talk about it because we like Psychonauts. And we like Double Fine. Yeah. And <laughs> we feel it deserves to be talked about. Even, just, even just from the menu. The menu itself, just from the very start of the game, the menu itself is fantastic. It's such an interesting little way to just a different take well, on the menu system. Well, don't tease the listeners. Tell them, <laughs> tell them what it is. Yeah, so you basically you're standing on top of a giant brain, and there's doors that go into the brain. One is for a new game, one is for continue game, and one is for options. Or, or sorry, one is for load and save. That's right. One is load and save, continue or new game. And yeah, you open the door and jump inside the brain, which at the beginning of the game. You really don't understand what's going on because, well, unless you know what the game happens to be about, jumping into people's brains, which I suppose is what we're going to be talking about. Like, that's what a psychonaut is. A psychonaut is a trained agent who can get inside your mind, quite literally, like by placing a door on your forehead and opening it and then walking inside your brain. Such a great concept for a game, man. It's such a interesting idea. I was hooked from the very start. In my notes, even, I, I went on for hours playing this game and I was like, oh, I actually wrote down, oh. Whoops, I'm supposed to be taking notes here. Because I went through at least a good two hours just hooked on this game, like could not tear myself away from it. This game is fairly family friendly. What age group would you put it at? Um, Like 10 and up? 10s, 10s, yeah. 10 to 12-ish starting point. Some of the issue would be the platforming, which at times can be a little tricky. So there's some frustration as far as what their motor skills are and what they can handle. 10 would definitely be safe. Uh, Some people could do it younger. Content-wise, at times a little gross, but it's not... Not graphic, no. 
and it's not really adult in any way. You, you can feel a lot of the things they're doing are designed for younger it's, players. It's adult in the sense that Pixar will slip in adult jokes for the parents that go in to see Toy Story like that. I would say it's a fairly safe game, though. And that's one of the things that Double Fine does very, very well. Well, with that, it's time to jump into the spoiler section. And for me to cough. <laughs> <coughs> So, warning listeners, Dan's going to be coughing a lot. I'll try to get rid of as many as possible, <laughs> but beware. He also might uh, not sound totally himself today. As usual. Seems to be sick on every podcast, man. <laughs> every two weeks, I've caught something. So, Psychonauts, let's get into it. It opens with a cutscene with a soldier talking about brains as a battlefield. We will find out later this is Coach Oleander. He talks about a chance to become a secret agent or a psychonaut. You can do that or die, he says. But, you know, this is a kid's game, so ha ha ha. It's <laughs> summer camp. You don't see that at first, though. You see him yelling and then there's the reveal of, oh, these are just kids. Yeah. Our hero is Raz, or Rasputin, who snuck into the summer camp to try to become a psychonaut. And he's caught, but because it will take a couple days for his father to come pick him up, he's allowed to stay and join in some of the classes. All right. Uh, Choose your bunk and write your name and jump in. I wrote down here Rasputin's entrance is awesome for some reason, but I can't, I can't remember why his entrance was awesome. Why would I have written that down? I don't, I don't remember it. <laughs> What does he do when he arrives? He must do something special, but I didn't write down what the special thing was. I just wrote down, Rasputin's entrance is awesome. Okay, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just take my own word for that then, yeah? Yeah, fair enough. Listeners, please put in the comments exactly why <laughs> Rasputin's entrance is so amazing. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll watch it again, then I can comment. <laughs> Edit that out. We can walk around a bit. So this game is a lot of exploration and looking for hidden stuff, which... Sounds like your type of thing. There's a lot of stuff to find as well. Holy moly. Did you find it all? <sighs> no chance. <laughs> but the first thing we... Well, as we're walking around, we can talk to different kids and we get different bits of what their story is. And this is one thing that Double Fine does very well. Having many characters that all have their own motivations and their own characteristics. Yeah, I wrote down almost word for word what he just said there. It's a double fine hallmark, really, is character development. All the characters feel like fully, fully developed. They've all got something going on. They're all very unique. And Double Fine does this so well, even in stacking, where a lot of the characters, they're all very similar design, but they've, they're all completely different from each other. They've got a talent for that. Definitely got a, a great talent for character design. Our first level, though, is to go up into the kind of treehouse, see Coach Oleander and jump into his brain which it's pretty impressive to think that he's running a class with 12 kids or something like that and they're all doing something in his brain and he's controlling all of it yeah i mean even dumbledore with the pensive was only handling like well, <laughs> one kid at a time here we are though doing the basic mission you had some trouble with this one yeah, because I didn't know how to... I can't remember what it was. I didn't know how to turn around on the trapeze thing. I didn't know you could flip around. Ah, okay. Somebody and, hasn't played Prince of Persia. Yeah, well, I played the original <laughs> uh, on the uh, like DOS version. I had to watch uh, a walkthrough to find out. Because like, I, cause I, I'm stupid when text will come up and it'll tell you what to do. But I just don't read it. And then afterwards I'm going, why? why I can't get past this bit. <laughs> But yeah, that, that was a problem. And then there was another problem where I got, got to the end of the level, finished everything, and then it was like teleported me straight back to the beginning and I couldn't get out of the loop. And then eventually I realized, oh, you can actually punch parts of the scenery and you had to punch a wall to make it disappear. I had no idea. I don't think that was in the tutorial. I don't think they, they mentioned that because I was, I was still there forever, man. Took, I was there for two hours at least. Just, really? Yeah, just going back and forth. Because I thought I've got to do something different. So I went all the way to the end and did something different. Nope, still got teleported back to the beginning. Oh, I've got to do that that thing where all the guys pop up and you have to punch them all down. The, the, like the... That was a bit tricky for me the first time. Yeah. So I, but I did that. That was fine. I got all the prizes. I kept on getting prizes and prizes. I thought you maybe have to go, go to win some grand prize, but you can play that game over and over and over again. And then by accident, I punched down a wall. And I was like, oh, there's a whole new part to this level. Jeez, okay. Fair enough. Back on track. That was the weird thing because I went through it trying to figure out where you were stuck. And I thought, oh, maybe that popping up game, because 
that was a little tricky for me to get the timing and when to hide and where. Or maybe you were stuck at the plane because you thought, I don't want to jump out of the plane. But you oh, have yeah, to jump that's right. Plane. You jump out of the plane and then you go back to the beginning. That's right. You, you, you get teleported right back to the start after you jump out of the plane. Is it to the start? Yeah. Well, you get teleported back to that pop-up terrorist cardboard mm-hmm. cutout part again. That's that's where you begin again. But I made it through pretty easily. And so I was confused as no. to why you're stuck. But we make it through that. We now have our Psy shooting power, I think, which is... Useless? I wouldn't say useless, but... Almost useless? Useless, except in particular situations. There's like one or two times that I used it. And for, for only for that purpose. Everything else, I just swung away at everything, man. It just fists all the way. <laughs> it certainly seemed more powerful. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're taking health off me, man, but I don't care. The end result is in my favor. In doing that, then, we are allowed to move beyond just the cabin area. We can get into the main part of the camp, which is kind of the dining hall the area. The thing, yeah. In there, there's a tiny store run by Ford. And this was a problem for me. Did you have any problems with the store? No, never. In my game, for some reason, there were a lot of times where it would not work. I would go to purchase something, and then the whole game would freeze. Oh, no, no, didn't have that. That's a bummer. And it wasn't just once, it was multiple times. So that became a bit of an issue for me. Oh, and because it's a save-yourself game, did you have to go back to your last save, or did it autosave in those points? Or I didn't typically have to go back very far. Okay. I think that it might autosave when I walked into the building. It was only oddly at certain times of the game. So when I would come back later, then it would be fine. But I would have to go and do some sort of quest and then come back to make that happen. Mm. In the store, you've got things like a magnet to help bring power-ups and health and things back to you. Very useful. Just because I'm lazy and don't like running after them. And on some of the platforming areas, it's very difficult to chase after some of them. You've got... The dowsing rod, which you can use to find arrowheads, which are the currency in this game. You've got a Psy core, which essentially allows you to level up once you found a certain number of cards. You've got, well, later you're going to get the levitate and you you have a thing where you can change the color. I never bought that. Did you buy that one? I did because at the end I had more arrowheads than I needed. How how many more than you needed? Because I didn't seem to have massive surplus of arrowheads. I was struggling for buying paintings later on. Like That was how few arrowheads I had. I tried to tell you. (laughs) So, listeners, here's the, the thing. The dowsing rod, yeah. I started playing before you and I burned through it pretty quickly. Mm. So I actually finished this kind of weeks ago and you've just finished up now. So everything for you is going to be much fresher in your <laughs> mind than it, than it probably is in mine. But yeah, one of the first things I did was get a dowsing rod. I've been watching a lot of the uh, DF, the Dangerously Funny channel, and his thing is always about getting a lot of money fast. And that made me realize, yeah, actually, I should probably do that first so that I will have more money to get all the other things. Because some of the things seemed very expensive. And the thing I wanted the most was the cobweb remover. Yeah, cobweb duster, that's right. And that was very expensive. So picking up one or two at a time randomly seemed like that was going to take ages. So I definitely saved up to get that first. And then used that to explore around the camp and get as many of those as I could. The thing is, you were limited in how many you could pick up at a time. And then you'd have to do a new quest and then new ones would respawn Mm. so if you didn't do it early i think you probably missed out on a chunk of them i missed out on a chunk of them because i didn't make it to the campfire until much later Ah, okay because i was just burning through the game though in a different direction like i found that the power-ups weren't really that useful like i wasn't hindered by not having x and y until i got to certain points in the game where it's like you cannot get any further unless you have a cobweb duster and that was when i realized like oh I've actually got to buy these things now. <laughs> You're ruining my fun. So now I've got to go and traipse around the place and find these things. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. That doesn't matter. But I found that the game didn't punish you at all for not leveling up until you got to a wall, basically. It's like, nope, you can't progress anymore. You've got to buy this stuff now. You've had your fun. I was already frustrated in the very tutorial level. Why? Because there was a cobweb in my way. So one of the things you could do in the game is you can remove emotional baggage where you grab a tag yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and you match it to the bag. So there's, I think, a hat box, a purse, a duffel bag. And then there's a cute little cut scene where they seem so happy together. Yeah. 
I couldn't do that on the obstacle course, that first one, because there was a cobweb in my way. Mm. So immediately I went, I must get this because it's frustrating me because as well, there's an annoying crying that happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's very loud to let you know where it is. I appreciate mm. it. But when you can't get rid of it, it's kind of irritating. So <laughs> I realized I must get one of these. This is also one of those things that I do like about this kind of game where you can redo levels with new powers and find new things, but I would rather not have to do them two or three times. So my preference is get as much of those things early so that I don't have to do them over and over again. Yeah, because I mean, you'd have to restart the game again, wouldn't you, to get that first one? So I don't think you can go back into his brain. There must be a way. I imagine he's just there waiting most of the time. Yeah, Emotional Baggage was really funny, because what was it from the other one? They, they've always got this kind of thing in their games. They'd ha- they had it in stacking. What was it in stacking they had? Where they had this cute little animation thing, and it's just like a little few... Even in the you middle... You had to find the right set. That's right, yeah, you find, you find the right set. But even in, like, in the middle of something really... Like, maybe something quite dark is going on, or something quite evil and sinister is going on, then you, you find the tag, and then this happy music plays, and they dance together. And The, the one thing is... I get bored of stuff quite easily, but I never got tired of seeing this cutscene for some reason. I just I just really enjoyed this bit. No matter how many times I saw it, go figure. They're good at what they do. Our next basic level that we need to do is we need to go to Sasha Nine's lab and deal with his stuff. However, before I did this, I got killed by a bear. All right, okay. <laughs> and then I came back to life, and then I jumped into an empty stump. Oh, right, yeah. Which took me to what you refer to as the Batcave, yep. which is Ford Crawler's secret base. And I couldn't really do anything yet, <laughs> but it was a good time to get in there and see everything that was kind of available at that point. I love his bit of story. Did you get what was going on with him? I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't remember exactly word for word, but if you said something, it probably jogged my memory. But He's basically been on so many missions and done so much that his brain is starting to become a bit scattered. That's why when he's elsewhere, he thinks he's the cook. He thinks he's the janitor, which is funny because he's kind of everywhere at all times, no matter where you go, he is there. But here in the base, he's close to a source of that power. And so he can retain his sanity here. Yeah. What's it called again, that stuff? It's called tri... It's almost like titanium, but it's like... Citanium? Citanium, that's right. Citanium, yeah. Which it's really funny at the end because he does come to help us. He's able to do so because he's got a giant rock of it strapped to his back. But I I like how when you discover him, it's obviously obviously the same guy, same face, same voice, same weird eye configuration, but Rasputin doesn't know that it's the same guy. He thinks it's the janitor. He thinks it's the the chef, you know. (laughs) Um, It's kind of cute. The one thing in this game as well is, again, the Double Fine does so well. They've done it with their, like, Grim Fandango, Full Throttle, all those games. The writing is so good throughout this game as well. It's like, the dialogue is spot on. It's funny. It doesn't waffle on too long. The story doesn't take any really too unnecessary turns. Everything is really focused and tight. You know, it's great from start to finish. I enjoyed this I could quite happily just watch a movie of this game from start to finish. They should make a movie of this, or a cartoon, an animated series of Psychonauts. They're doing it for Costume Quest. I mean, why not do it for Psychonauts as well? Agreed. Sasha Lion's Lab is all about jumping into his mind, and we'll also be able to use this machine that he's got to jump into other people's minds to redo levels. Is that the Brain Scrambler? I think so. Yeah. And so this is... Possibly also the way you could do the coaches. I think that it might be here. I'm uh, not sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But in this whole level, you're basically practicing shooting things with your mind so that you have to deal with the sensors in your mind, which will play throughout the whole time, who are trying to prevent you from thinking about or remembering things. They do a lot of clever things as far as trying to pseudo talk about psychology, but in this physical form. And, yeah, you basically you have to deal with the giant bed one. There's the giant tower one. It's just a lot of fun. There's a, a section where you're cranking up the level. Yeah. And you can't move on until you reach a certain level. So I did grind here a bit. And that may be also why I didn't have as much problem with the right. airheads. Because I needed to make sure I had enough for the dowsing rod. And then I kept going. 
because I didn't know how good the dowsing rod would be. So I think that this is pretty much how I did that. I think this is also where I might have ranked up at certain levels. When you rank, you automatically get a psi power, which is kind of nice. It feels kind of random as you're playing, but it is kind of nice. So at some point early on, I got the pyrokinesis where you can set things on fire. Yeah, which is handy. I think it's also in this part where Raz says something about it was bigger in my mind. There's a comparison of size to the way it's perceived and talking about the problems. And Sasha Nine has a great line saying something like, the problems often seem that way in our own minds, that they're much bigger in our heads than the problem really is. And I like that a lot. I thought that that was a really good way to put it and a really good way to kind of explain that. If you're trying to explain this to a child, that's a very difficult concept to explain. But by them seeing it in this game, I would like to think that that is something that could spark that kind of understanding that we often make our own problems bigger than they really need to be. Yeah. I did like Sasha. He reminded me of a cross between Andy Warhol and the Thin Men from XCOM. Like, have you ever played? Have you played XCOM yet? Just a little bit. Yeah, I've still I, what seven hours into the tutorial. Or <laughs> like, I don't. That tutorial is very long. Yeah, but yeah, he's totally like when I first saw him, it's like, wow, he's yeah, he's a Thin Man from XCOM. And then when we started talking, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, he's basically the Andy Warhol of the Psychonauts. Awesome. Our next level is to go to. Well, you have to go to the lake where there are hands that come out and smack you every time you try to go in. You can't get to the boat because the bullies are in the way. So you have to do a kind of cutscene back and forth with these kids. Then you get to go to a party. Yeah, disco party. The platforming for you, how was that? For this part, easy. They did a very good job, I think, of giving you a lot of checkpoints and a way to, if you fell to the bottom, to go back up to a closer spot. The end level could have used more of this. Yeah, the meat circus. Yes, I definitely feel like the meat circus could have done with a few more saving points. I, well, we'll get to it when we get to it, but yeah. I, I found it very, very frustrating in a way that I didn't find this one. And they could have used the same idea, the same mechanic to make it much better. Yeah. All of this is basically to deal with the fact that We have to go back and forth to Raz's brain, like inside his own brain and inside his own problems, because Dogen is there. There's some crazy scientist doctor there. Dentist. Who's who's going to take out his brain, and Raz is trying to get up there to save him, but he doesn't have the power, so he has to keep getting these different powers. So he gets levitate so that he can float up to the tower, help save Dogen, but he can't yet. Not yet, yeah. But... Lily is also there, and we get to a point where we fight a tank as a boss, and we find out that there are these plans, and that the plans are actually from the coach's head, because we had seen that way back in, I think, the obstacle course when we won. So this is all connected in a very interesting way. Like you said, storytelling is something they do very well. It now becomes night. So at night, there are bears and now cougars that walk around and will kill you. Yeah. I had to look up like a walkthrough or get a hint to tell me how to deal with the cougars because they were killing me left and right. And Just I run right up to them and smack them in the face. <laughs> were you able to do that? Because yeah. they would light me on fire long before I could get to them. Oh, really? Uh, no. no. I could just... If you levitate and run at them, the levitate ball makes you run. It's like... Remember how I was saying this game needs a sprint button? I guess the levitate ball is the sprint is button. Is the sprint button. That's when you said that. I went, what? Well, just wait. It'll come. <laughs> so I could run away, but I couldn't attacked them every time i tried to get close to them i would be set on fire and die immediately but if you could i I suppose if you could come down from on top you could probably do that or if you could come around from the side of them like maybe basically maybe maybe not attack them head on if you could flank them somehow you can get to them which you certainly can later when you get invisibility yeah that made it good (laughs) (laughs) we go to the lake now and bully bobby has lost his brain and a giant mutant fish eats Lily. Yeah. We now have to go underwater after her. What do you think of the underwater fight? I liked it, but the camera angles are just dire, man. This is where this is where the game starts to show its flaws in its camera angles. And it continues throughout the rest of the game, unfortunately. Camera angles is a real problem. There are a number of times where a wall would get in my way. Yeah. And this one, 
I sort of like the POV switch where we're looking through the monster's eyes, the giant mutant lungfish, I guess, monster, to, because it becomes our friend later. Yeah. So, But you're looking through the boss's eyes, and you have to move and run. And at times, the camera for this was a bit of a problem. Yeah, because it's tank controls, you're pressing up to move forward, and as the camera's swinging around, up is no longer the direction that you were pressing before. It's now you're moving left. Because, yeah, because there was one point where you got to make this jump, and to get to that jump, the camera swings, and I died, like, at least the checkpoint was just, just like, literally, like, two seconds before, and you just get to make that jump over and over again. But when you fail it ten times because the camera angles keep on hindering you, it gets annoying. Overall, I like this scene. You said you had a problem with the tax. I didn't know what they were... And I didn't know what they were supposed to be for. They were just these random boxes. I didn't know what they were. So, But you just smash everything in this game anyway. It's just like, can I yeah, punch it? that's yep. what I didn't realize at the time. I accidentally hit one. And when he was inhaling everything, it did hurt the boss. But I didn't realize what had happened. Mm. So for a long time, I was trying to redo everything I had done. But... I did everything except hit a box for a while, so that's why I got really stuck. This might be the first time that I used the bacon. Where I didn't for... use the bacon for ages, and I wish that I had. Well, that's why I tried. Because there's an achievement for it. I, I sent you a message. There's that too. <laughs> I tried to send you a message to say, use the bacon because it becomes very helpful. Especially that last level, that last tower. The Once you start picking up brains, the bacon is invaluable mm. at that point. But as well for this, it's a great hint system which yeah. I didn't realize existed until probably this point in the game. And then I went, oh, this is very handy. I'll be using this all the time <laughs> now. <laughs> I found the the clam part as well very frustrating. I think it's the very last part where you have to get part of the lungfish trapped in the shell for a long time. I just couldn't seem to quite make it work. There's a timing there that's a bit tricky. Yeah, yeah it's all just timing. But... There it is. Linda, our new friend, will take us to the island we need to go to. And the crazy guard says the milkman is... Basically, he's got this whole milkman conspiracy. And this is the first time, I think, where we actually have our own door that we can play around with. You throw it on the back of his head, you can go inside. Isn't the Goggler mission before this one? What's the Goggler mission? The Godzilla one. That's because that, that's the, at the end of the lungfish when we go into the because it's all the it's all the little lungfish are rebelling against the system. They're all like the little mini Che Guevara lungfish, and that's the one where you're like running around the city as Godzilla, but you're called Goglar for copyright reasons, of course, <laughs> and they're running around stomping on things. They're going for the puppy orphanage. Yeah, they're heading for the puppy orphanage, not the Natural History Museum. <laughs> I love that. There's, there was a one there's one line in that because they, they kind of like betray him at one point because they're using him because he's so big to like bust out their their rebellion buddies and then they're like hey there's no eye in team and then Raz turns around and goes yeah but there is an eye in squish so watch it <laughs> <laughs> I love that mission that was that was the first mission that really made me go like wow this is this game is like really taking the whole imagination thing to the next level it's like really just coming up with anything that they can and just playing around with it and having a lot of fun. I like this mission a lot. But then after that, yeah, after you, that's that's the end of the lungfish stuff, and then you you move on to to um, the guard and the milkman conspiracy. And the milkman conspiracy is probably my favorite level. Is it really? I really like that level. That's interesting because I also thought this was one of your most frustrating levels. You were stuck on this for a very long time. It was because it was bugged, but it didn't take away from the fact that it is a great level. It's such a good level. I just wish it wasn't so bugged for me. I had some severe problems getting... I don't know what, what the problem was. Like Even when I watched the walkthrough, I should have had items, or I should have been given access to items that I just could not get, jumps that I couldn't make. It just wasn't working. And I, eventually I had to get down the pipe using a cheat. Yeah, but it's, it's such a good level because there's so many things, there's so many layers to this level, like all the weird stuff that they're talking about, the, the weird layout of the like the level design, the, the comedy of like what the agents are saying to each other and how they're talking to you is like, oh, that's a nice, that's, that's a nice watering can you've got there. <laughs> you've got to blend in. Great you level. You do need to blend in. And this is something that I think you were kind of missing out on because you weren't using the power so that you could see through their eyes. Right. Because when you do that, you find that when you need to be the crossing guard and you have the stop sign in your hand, when you look through their eyes, you look like a crossing guard. When you need to get into the sewer, 
you look like a plumber with like a plunger in your hand. It's very funny. The rats see you as cheese, which is why they're always attacking you later in the game. I love that. And But you're not, you don't look properly. You look like a cardboard cutout of all of these things, which just adds to the humor. They could have made it look better. It's funnier this way. Yeah, because I mean, I did start using it after this level more. But th- and that's another thing as well. They've, they've obviously put in animations for every single character that you can use clairvoyance with in the game. And I've probably only seen about 10% of them, you know? I used it for the turtle. He looks at you like you're a bit of chocolate cake. I used it for the, the wrestlers. The wrestlers look at you like you're a deer, uh, like a little skinny ghost deer. It's just great. It's like they've went through so much attention to detail that I'll probably never, ever have discovered. But no, I, I, I really like this level. I loved, I loved the whole Lee Harvey Oswald connection. I, I loved the whole conspiracy thing. Everything was just great. I just wish that I... I think I cheesed a few bits and like maybe got into areas that I wasn't supposed to get into because I was so frustrated with these bugs and stuff. I think I was clipping into areas that I couldn't get into and I, I clipped into the sewer to get to the, the sniper part. I probably missed a few things in this level, but you know, still overall, it was a great, it was a great level. I did, I did not really enjoy w- walking into people's houses though, and then those weird camera angles again, trying to navigate through people's houses to go and find things inside them. That was pretty hard, but I did like how you get inside someone's house and you're like, all right, let's just smash up everything, start punching everything, just wreck their entire <laughs> furniture. We have to. You need to get the arrowheads and yeah, exactly. Health and... Sorry, guys. You finished this part, which, like you said, is a lot of fun and. No surprise, the guard, Boyd, is actually the Milkman. Yep. We've, well, we had to do another boss fight as well, where we took on the Den Mother. Mm-hmm. And she does a thing where she turns out the lights and you have to look through her eyes in order to see what's going on. And that's one thing I think is clever to do, but there's a point where it kind of becomes overdoing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this was two boss fights in a row where we did the same thing. And every time you do it, it makes the controls a bit weird because you're backwards. Backwards, yeah. So I get it, but it's just not something I want to do a whole lot. And we don't really do it again for the rest of the game. It's done after that. But at this point, with it being back-to-back, I was worried that it was going to be every boss fight from now on. We go around the corner. We kind of smash our way through. Well, actually, even in this part, you can find some brains. Yes. So we, we find our brains. We can kiss them. <laughs> we can use the bacon to jump back to headquarters. We get a little cutscene with every kid whose brain we replace. Which I had like eight cutscenes because I didn't go back for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, so you do them all at once. I suddenly just went back and I'm just like endless procession of kids coming out. I did it a lot because I found out that if I was low on health and I went back and I gave a kid the brain and it extended my health, it also replenished my health. So anytime I was low on health, I would jump back. Yeah, (laughs) unfortunately you couldn't reserve them i would have kept one brain at a time and just keep doing that over and over again but i couldn't do that so i would probably every two or three brains i think i was doing that but here comes for me one of the most interesting parts of the game and this is where you have the three patients that you have to enter and deal with in order to get the costume pieces to fool the elevator guy these are all really clever they're all really interesting they're all really different in many ways they are their own different game. Yeah. And at this point, I was I was just astounded. And I was thinking, wow, this game is doing a lot more than it really needs to be doing. And I appreciate that. I really do. So we have the actor with her award. We needed to... You didn't do her I, I did her last. Yeah, I just blitzed right past her. I was like, all right, see ya. Because <laughs> I just wanted to see what was next down the co- you know. Going I did, end. but as soon as I realized I couldn't get in the elevator, I went back to her. I keep on forgetting though throughout this game, like people equal levels because you put the door on them and you you go inside their minds. That's the whole point of the game. But the game has so many layers on its own. You've got the real world to explore. You've got the whatever this world is, this weird dream world that's inside. So hang on, wait a minute, just back up for a second. You've got the campsite. Yes, and then you've got the field. Right, because like the as in I'm ready. Like when he says, I'm ready to go back into the field. You know, so then Agent Crawler will put you back in the field. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you go back to him to put you back to where you were in the level. Right. But then once you're in that level, then you can go inside people's minds. So whose mind are you in? Whose mind is the field? It's like a whole Inception level of weirdness going on. I think the terminology is confusing you. The field just means 
I need to go back on my mission. Well, I know, I know, I know that, but it's inside someone's mind. This, this, this weird place. It's not, it's not a real place. The camp, you mean? No, the camp is real. The right. field is somewhere. In the, like the mission, yeah, is where it's not. It's not situated in the real world. I think it's supposed to be. Oh, I didn't think that at all. Okay. That's why you had to get Linda the lungfish to take you there. So Linda's a real thing. She's not a figment of someone's imagination. Right. She was an experiment that this dentist did. Okay. Should have done more research by this. Because I definitely think there's something more to it. I think there's some some Inception stuff going on here. Feel free to think. That, well, there definitely is because we jump into people's brains. Yeah. But I don't think there are as many levels as you think there are. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, continue. <laughs> the actor we have to basically find the right amount of scripts to get the scenes that we can rotate through and we have a light version and a dark version and it's just really brilliantly done it's funny i I love that part what i wasn't as big a fan of was the part after that running through the catwalks the platforming there Mm. the boss fight i knew what i was supposed to be doing but the camera angle switching when you're levitating i found very frustrating i at one point did light all three candles and burn the boss, but I still couldn't beat it. There was a little bit of health that was left, and mm. that was frustrating because then the, I had nothing else to do. I couldn't beat yeah, it, so can't. I had to redo the fight again. Yeah. Okay. Also, there's no way that guy was skinny enough. <laughs> and I know Raz says that, but yeah, I I guess because we're inside somebody's mind, but yeah, yeah, that's not possible. But I, I like this level uh, a lot. It was weird as well. I thought one of the voices was that girl from that does the voice for Mabel from Gravity Falls, which you haven't watched yet. So uh, another reference: the girl, the crazy fan from Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. She was a Daily Show correspondent yeah, as well. Kristen Shaw. Yeah. yeah, her. I thought she was one of the voices, but she's not. She sounds a lot like one of the voices from the I play. I get that though. Two thousand five was. A while ago. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely sounds like her. Definitely sounds like her. But yeah, this was such a cool level. Such a funny level. The, what was next then? It was the... Napoleon. Let's talk about uh, Napoleon. Your favorite level. My, I was ready to quit. I was ready to give up and watch a walkthrough. I not even watch a walkthrough. Just watch a playthrough. Like, I'm done with this game. I rage quit on this so many times. It was... Looking back now, now that I've finished it, okay. But it just wasn't clicking with me. And it was... I don't know why you're having such trouble. There were some little things like you didn't seem to understand how to become larger again. I still don't know how to get out of the game completely without using the smelling salts. Like, there's no way to go back up to the... There's a ladder. Oh, Jesus, is there? You climb out of it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I couldn't, didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't seem to pop the cork and levitate up. Couldn't levitate out. I couldn't do that. Um... <laughs> There are definitely some things about this level I found frustrating. The exploding of the snail tanks was not intuitive to me at all. I had to look that one up. And I didn't do it until the very end, so I just dealt with them killing me the whole time and running away. I really should have looked that one up early. I should have realized that everything can be killed or dealt with, and I didn't. I just thought these were a hassle I had to deal with. Mm. Camera angles in this one were a real issue at many times, but the concept of it a game within a game. You don't have to do strategy, so it's not really you playing the game, but no. you have the objectives and you do it, and that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, even the, the the artwork in it as well is great. I mean, it does. It looks exactly like you're just playing Catan or something like that. It's it's really it's really well done. Got to give it that. But man, this was a frustrating level. Frustrating <laughs> level. Uh, if I wasn't doing it for the podcast, I probably wouldn't have finished this game. But you finish, and you get the jacket. Yep. And then you get to go to, for me, I mean, you say the Milkman level, but the Painter level is the one that I think is the most visually interesting. Such a change of colors, and even Raz looks different in this one. And there's a part where, well, multiple parts where you get a painting, and that painting becomes something real and useful in the world. But the one that really got me was the window that you jump in, and you actually teleport to a different room. Yeah. I didn't get to use the guitar though. I mean, I know what the guitar does. I did use it, but I used it on the wrong hook. I don't. It must. It must take you to a secret area. I think so. It was very close to where you buy it. Because I bought both of those. Because you buy the guitar and the window from the same dog, and you just have to cross the street where the bull is running. 
And there's a hook there, I think. Ah, okay. Because I, I used it on the hook where it was like up on the up on the kind of rooftops almost at the end where you're supposed to put the window actually, but I put the guitar and you can climb up to the nothing. But oh, uh, I had wondered about that if you could do more secrets if you put it in more places. I guess you. But can. I was too lazy and I had as much as I. What needed. was the rose for? I mean, I know you can get an actual rose, but I never actually found a use for it. Because you can buy you can buy three rose paintings in the game, so in case you miss it, it's obviously something that's quite special. Because it's like, oh, did you miss it from the first guy? You can buy it again. Oh, did you miss it again? Well, here's another one. You can buy it, I think, three times in the game. I think one of them is even for free. And when you place it, you get an actual rose out of it. But I don't know what to do with it. I never used it. I don't remember. Mm. But no, it's clever. I like this level. I like the whole kind of Day of the Dead artwork style they've got going on. And everything's very neon and... What's the word? Not flashy, but... It's a bit velvet painting, right? Mm. With the black light and everything. Yeah. It looks really beautiful. I like that there are the three mini bosses and then the large boss. Though I did find that one again a bit tricky just because I couldn't seem to get the telekinesis to lock on the way that it was supposed to. Mm. And so there's another time where I was nearly in victory and then I lost. Yeah. But very clever. I like what they were doing with this. The whole avoiding the bull throughout the whole thing, and then to find out that the bull is actually him at the end, it just works very well. It's kind of its own game, and I I would say a mini game, but it's really like its own game. This could very easily be a standalone, very short game, but they've thrown it within this game. That's what I mean. They just, they've put so much in this game, more than they really had to, but that really becomes the case next yeah because now is where we have to deal with the tower i was falling constantly the rats were constantly attacking me in a way that i couldn't always stop them i just i just ran past them ah maybe i should have done that then because if you stop then they start to detonate then you just run away from them and then they just detonate behind you i had a big problem climbing this asylum though because again camera angles here are wicked and there's some parts where i couldn't even see where i was jumping i knew where i was supposed to be jumping because i'd seen it from another angle I was doing that thing like you know like when whenever you give your like grandmother the controller or something like that and she's actually moving her head to look around the television. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. But I was I found myself doing that like can I see up there? Can I jump onto that ledge? Camera angles in this were awful, but there was some smart bits in it like the part where you got to move the chair that's blocking the door with telekinesis so you can get into that room. But basically, it's just a lot of levitating, ball jumping up, 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 up. You get to the top, you deal with the brains that you have to put back into your teachers, and you deal with Coach Oleander in a boss fight. So this, Whoa, is, this is the tank where you just have to deal with the shields. That's okay. But now the game becomes worse. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, because you get to the point. So basically, even if you just rewind just a little bit, because there's that whole part with like, what's her name? Not Igor. Shigor, Shigor, yeah, Shigor, the turtle, and the levitation, and switch out the brains, and I don't know how putting the brains in zaps the guy over the edge, but it does for some reason, but that whole part, and then it feels like, oh, it's the end, it's like, oh, it's the end, and I said this, and you said the same thing, I was like, what, no boss fight? Yes, Oh my god, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I went, I'm a little disappointed, but that's okay. It was fun. Because of the three levels they had us do, Right. I felt like... This was a decent ending. And, and I'm, then, I'm hitting the 20 hour mark here as well, man. I'm like, I've had my fun. I'm done. Fair enough. A little bit of a bum ending, but I'll take it. Oh my goodness. Okay. But just to stop you, the turtle brain goes into the body and the turtle uses his powers to send the guy off. The turtle zaps him? Yes. Uh, well, I didn't realize he had zapping power, but the brain just goes in and then a laser beam just fires out of the brain. I I just wonder if you skipped a cutscene because there's a whole scene where the turtle explains what he's doing. Well, no, he whispers in her ear. All right, but that's what happens. Fair enough. Because there's a whole issue of will I be able to put the brain back in again? So, all right, I I get all that. Just like a laser beam actually physically fired out of a brain. Like, how did that happen? Okay, I'll suspend disbelief. But yeah, the tank level mutant, was cool. Mutant turtle powers. Yeah, obviously. The, the tank level, I liked the tank level. Like, just like, pick up the things, throw it. It was very old school, Crash Bandicoot boss level, bad guy almost. Great. But then it keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> so now we have to deal with what is referred to as the meat circus. 
I do not like this level. Well, I'm glad we can see eye to eye on that because I was ready to throw my computer out the window. I was constantly falling further than I should, and there was no quick way to get back up. Everything was timed because you had to do it fast enough to stop... Get the bunny. Stop little Oleander from getting crushed. The part where the guy throws knives at the dartboard was clever, and it looks good, but it's too slow when it's timed, and if you miss your swing, you can fall, and as I did, fall further and have to redo parts again and it's not that then you've little ollie's got like half his health and you're like you know you're not getting back to him so now you just got to wait the timer out for him to die to start again and you can't just hit a restart button which is double annoying then there's the clown levels where you have to take on the evil version of raz's dad and he's throwing things at you which some are easily avoidable and some i feel i just ran straight into them man just like i'll take the hit Invisibility helped me a lot because then he wouldn't see you and so you could get to the next part. But there was a part with the spiral climbing on. Yes, that was so hard to do. You're like climbing on these fences, but they spiral tower up. That's very hard to do. What I found, particularly, I think, with the controller is that you have to hit left, but you have to hit exactly left. If you hit anything else, sometimes you can jump in front of the next part that you're trying to get to. Or you'll jump too far down or too far up. I was just, this part got me. The bacon couldn't help me. I had to look this up. And we are not the only ones that had problems with this. Lots of people seem to have problems with this. But this is the part where the game had been somewhat softened in the reboot. Because apparently in the original one, you would lose lives. And maybe have to start this whole thing over again. No thanks. Rage quit for me. Yeah, that part, and then the spiral staircase kind of climbing frame thing, that was Which hard. are on fire. And, Which are on fire. And the whole thing's flooding at the same time. Yeah, that part, and then getting through the hoops of fire was okay. Yeah, the whole thing was just a mess. But yeah, eventually, after much, like, many, 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 many curse words later and beers, it got beaten. So you've accomplished beating the double boss. You've got a Two single bosses, and then you have to deal with the double boss where they're attacking you at the same time, which is very frustrating. But then you get, as is typical with a double fine game, you get a resolution, which is fairly decent. You get to see Raz and his father talk, and his father says, is that the way you see me? Is that evil clown who hates you? Like, that's not at all how I feel. And you get to see Raz earn all his badges and so now he's made an official agent and he's he's got a slick haircut now <laughs> and he's gonna go off on a mission which hopefully will be psychonauts 2 or maybe further down maybe he's done other missions i'm not sure at what will i'm not sure at what point will be but i like that it leads into that possibility and i think this game has earned it i'd like to think that in the next one it will be I don't think it can be quite as amazing as some of the things they did in this one, but I think that it will be a much more solid game when it comes to mechanics. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully with the camera angles. This company has done a lot since then. I just really think that they will be able to do something that will, again, be fun, which is the most important thing. Creative, interesting, but also I I hope will just be slightly better mechanic-wise. Yeah, I mean, if they can do, if they can keep on par with the story... Even just on par, that would be fine. As long as they fix the mechanics, then I'll be all over it. Like, I cannot I cannot do the meat circus again, man. I cannot do the meat circus again. Please don't make me do the meat circus again. I can understand that. If you look on, uh, if you look on the achievement tracker on Steam, only 12.5% of people complete the meat circus. So that says a lot. So out of everyone that's got this game, we're in the top 13% of people that have actually finished it. So that speaks volumes. Psychonauts 2... I'm kind of hoping that they do that Inception idea. Wouldn't it be cool to like, okay, so you go into his brain and then in his brain you find what he thinks of himself and then you go into that brain to find, like just going layers and layers deep like into a, into this guy's psyche. That would be quite interesting. Maybe to crack some vault, you know, almost, you know, I'm not saying rip off Inception completely, but saying it would be interesting just to see and I'm sure they could definitely do their own thing with it, like just to see how messed up they could get, you know, how crazy things could get. Because things got pretty crazy in Psychonauts 1, especially yeah, that, that tower where everything's like going all like 
MC Escher by the end of it, where tables are on the side and this, you're walking on the ceiling and stuff. Yeah, I'll be, it'll be really interesting to see the new Psychonauts game with like really improved graphics as well. Because I mean, this game still looks pretty good, but it is 15 years old graphics wise. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they take it. But I don't think they will. I think it'll just be, it'll look more smoother around the edges because they love that old school look, don't they? Double fine. They don't really go for flashy, crisp graphics. And I like that. Mm. I think for me, the simpler cartoony look works better. I think that it runs better. I think that it allows a game like this to not look as dated as it could. When you look at some of the old games, take, for example, like the original Thief game, when you look at that and it's just people where faces have been kind of pasted onto these cylinders, it looks very weird. And I'm sure at the time that was good. But using this look and this style allows things like Grim Fandango, um, Full Throttle, all of them, they still kind of hold up in a way that other games don't because they were pushing the boundaries of graphics possibility as opposed to just what looks good. Double Fine always focuses on what looks good and what looks good will often still look good in the future. Mm. Gaps filled and more gaps created. Chloe, come and say something funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of game. Huh? It's about a game. What game? Actually, here's a, here's a, here's the thing. What game should we play next? What game do you wanna do? Do, do you want me and Uncle Justin to play next? Um, a horror game. A horror game? What horror game? <laughs> what horror game have you played? Lego gamers. <laughs> horror. <laughs> next time. Today we're going to be talking about one of our puzzling movies, which is called Videodrome. Show me the last episode. My viewers won't watch the first 12. (laughs) (laughs) But the future as envisioned by 1983. We're all still watching VHSs. Yeah. We're all still... Smoking on TV shows. Using gigantic satellite dishes that (laughs) rotate. It's so ridiculous that even Cronenberg has him say, well, that's not my given name. That's not the name I was born with. We're pretty sure. Yeah, (laughs) Mr. Oblivion. Uh, I want to slap him, though. He's like, oh, Dan, stop saying sea patroni. You sound like Baron Greenback's sidekick from Danger Mouse, you know? Stiletto. Yeah. Now, my notes are a little bit out of... Mm? Well, I think they're totally in order, but my brain is about out of order. I can't remember exactly how these things go into play, but... I mean, maybe it's cheaper to use CG than to do that. I can't imagine it's cheaper than this one. (laughs) (laughs) All this and more on the next episode of Filling in the Gaps.